morning, Ray. Good morning, John. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Do you like my good mornings? I do. I uh, I put a lot of emphasis in it. You do. And I, I appreciate that. And you like that about it. I, I think that's a, a good start. Okay. Did we... Did it, I, it move, makes, did, I didn't it, move the microphone no, around yet. No, I, I just have given up on trying to position the mic before we start. Because once yeah. we start, you will have need to, like you just did, okay. readjust. I think it's good. One more? You just, good? <laughs> you know, I only move it like a millimeter. I, I, right. Uh, barely at all. Uh, and, you think, and, I bet it has zero impact. And, and, and it, does. it can be it, three feet different than where it is now. And, and it, it would still sound, sound the exactly the same. Yeah. But I like how you say, uh, no, you look at it and say, I'm good. And then you reach your hand out one more time. After you just said, I'm good. Right? But one more time. And boy. I might just, have mild OCD or something. Yeah, let's not judge. I mean, who's to say, right? I mean, I don't wash my hands six times and, you know, relock and unlock and relock the door. Right. But I am a uh, compulsive hand washer. Like, I wash my hands like 12 times a That's day. That's a good thing. In fact, yeah. the rest of society is now up with you. Yeah, see, I was the weirdo. And now, yeah. and I, I know other people like that, yeah. right? Uh, society finally caught up. friend of mine in, in uh, South Carolina, she, I mean, when this pandemic hit, she already had face masks and gloves and stockpiles of uh really? hand sanitizer. Oh man, she you know, she was like, "See? Everybody? I you, everybody said, "No, See, I'm you crazy." Think that I would call that a big weirdo. I'm crazy, but look who's crazy now. <laughs> it's like so. those people that have like 180 cans of beef stroganoff soup right. in their bunker. Yep. Yeah, well, someday they may not be so crazy. Right, someday. I, I rue the day, right? I rue the day. Yes, let's but not... What was uh, that from? That was from a... Uh, was it an Office episode? Uh, it's like, uh, they will rue the day? That's that's not really striking any chords with me. Man, it was. It was... Uh, it was... Oh, it was the 40-year-old virgin with Steve Carell. Okay, never when saw I, it. Oh, okay. Well, I, no, it wasn't the forty-year-old version. I'm remembering now. It was that other movie uh, about love, uh, where he has a daughter and a wife, and his wife sleeps with his with her coworker, and then Mike Steve Carell meets um, this young actor in a bar, and and the the young guy kind of takes. Steve Carell under his wing and says, I'm going to teach you how to be cool. You know, like you're nerdy, you're wearing your New Balance sneakers and like a corduroy, you know, casual sport coat. And so he takes him shopping and teaches him. And he says, look, some, you know, if, if you'll let me help you, your wife is going to rue the day rue the that day. she ever took you for granted. And so he keeps repeating it over and over. She is going to rue the day. Rue the day. All right. Uh, so we got that out of the way. Yeah. A little current and, and, events. And, and you, you still haven't come up with the title. It was Love is Crazy or Crazy Love or something. All right. Let me just Google it. No, it's not. Let me Google it's it. It's not. We've already spent Steve too much time on this. Steve Carell. No. Love movie. Please. It's, uh, here it comes, drum roll, please. Crazy Stupid Love. 
crazy stupid love. It's really, I mean, it's a, a nine out of ten for me. Uh, all just from really one Rue the Day comment. Yeah. We went down that rabbit hole. Well, I mean, we have a uh, we have a, an allotted time frame for current events and socializing at the top of the show. Okay. And we uh, and we're within our allotted time frame. We're yeah. at four twenty-five. Well, we had another one. Would you like to move yeah. on to that one? Yeah. I have to pull up my saved uh, LinkedIn posts, All right. which you um, you know so comically can never find. And actually, I cannot find it now either. Maybe you can explain another entire movie while you're looking. Saved items. Bam. Found Bam. it. Bam. Okay. Jonathan Dawson. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of his. Yep. Um, actually, never met the guy. I, I don't know that I've ever seen any of his sales training materials. I just see his LinkedIn posts. And, and I'm you're, like, you're a fan of that. Yeah. I am too. Yeah. I, I like what he posts. So he says, uh, talking about motivating salespeople, and this might be, you know, a little bit longer than the Steve Carell story. Oh, boy. <laughs> but this is more of a discussion instead of a presentation. Okay. So I want you to chime in here. Yes, please. I so will. Jonathan Dawson posts about motivating salespeople. Uh, it's a common question I get from management teams. Uh he says two things, which I don't really agree with. He says, number one, managers do not understand that people are motivated by different things. I think that's very true that people are motivated by different things, and yeah. it should be important to us to figure those things out. I think we've talked about a friend of ours, Larry White, is very good at that. Oh, my gosh, yes. You know, speaking in, in terms of the other person's yep. ability to receive, yep. right? Yep. Uh, he says, number two, managers overestimate the value of money as a motivational tool. Now, overestimate. Yes. Okay. Now, I totally disagree with that. Me, me. I mean, as a salesperson, right. my number one motivator was make the money. Right. Close the deal, make yeah. the money Yeah. for the highest amount possible. Okay. I mean, it's like Cardone said, you got two, I think it was Cardone, said you have two people coming into a negotiation. One person wants the maximum profit possible. The other person wants the lowest price possible. Right. Okay. Well, uh, you know, who wins? Yeah. The guy with the most experience and the most talent and the most skill and the most training. Right. So I wanted to be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, and, and so as, as everybody does, you're funneling it through your beliefs, right? But I think if you looked at research on which have been extensive, especially, you know, whether you call it pop psychology or just recent findings, that a lot of people are not motivated as much by money, especially of the younger generations. Yeah, you've got a great point there. Yeah. Um, you know, millennials as a, as a group um, are identified or classified as those that are more concerned with free time and... And, uh, you know, significance of the job and impact on, you know, that they're having in their job and role, as well as the impact that their job is having on their their personal uh, life. And, kind of an emotional fulfillment. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, as I get older, I am more open to that yeah. idea. I, I think especially when I was younger and probably still I'm um, just built this way right. is, you know, that kind of wall street 
you know, um, attitude, like the, the movie Wall Street, not the place Wall Street, but, you know, they asked the, the uh, what's his name, Michael Douglas, the, the lead character in that, and the Charlie yeah, Sheen asked him. Gecko. Yeah, and Charlie Sheen asks him, you know, what what's your number? Where You know, where are you trying to get? Everybody has a number, an imaginary number. He's like, eh, my number is more. Right. <laughs> more. I want more. Well, it's like so, that J.D. Rockefeller quote, right? When yeah. he was considered the richest man in the world, how much is enough, Mr. Rockefeller? Yeah. And he said, I just want one more dollar. Right. Just right? another just, dollar. Just one more. That's it. <laughs> so I was kind of like that. Like, if you're not trying to be your best, if you're not trying to achieve everything that you can personally achieve, right? you know, then... Then, then, then you're not even trying. <laughs> and I think, generationally speaking, our generation—you know—if if there is a, a keeping of score, right? We grew up in an era of that was that's how you kept score. Yeah, right? whoever made more was winning. Yeah, and I think of it more like a lifestyle choice, you True. know. Which is, you know, some people are like the stuff, you know. If I got the house and the new cars right. and the boats and the jet skis and the camper you know whatever it is uh you know and some people it's they don't you know i want to live like a pauper but i want to have a huge bank account right you know uh but then yeah that security of knowing that you know whatever comes up i have the resources to be able to take care of it or certainly within you know a fair reason right right yeah and, and then you know there's another lifestyle choice which is um, I, that's not important to me. I, I you know, I, I want a John boat so I can go fishing. Right. I want a car that I can get in and turn on and trust that it's going to work. Yeah. And, and hope, you know, might have AC, might be a luxury. Right. But, and, and I want a little plot of land that I can garden in and, and, yeah. you know, that's a lifestyle choice too. Well, and some business owners I know who are friends of mine uh, or who I've consulted with or currently consult with, I've heard a couple of them say that with millennials, that they were more concerned with their title than they were with their salary. Interesting. Right? That they, the one thing they really pressed on was their title. Huh. Which, yeah, shocked me. Yeah. Right? So I can underpay you, but give you, you know... (laughs) Man, you're the vice president you're, no, of. Uh, you're the assistant to the right, regional yeah. manager. <laughs> yeah, and but yeah, I think that's the the mentality. So, um, can we call that the Dwight Schrute complex? Right, okay, you're not yeah, the assistant regional manager. No, you're assistant to, to the, the regional yeah. manager. So, but to to his point, to Jonathan Dawson's point, um, I, I don't think we. You know, if his point is we put too much value in it, I think that you you can't underestimate the value of money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as a motivator. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, and we've talked about before. You know, I mean, it's it's the personality type of the of the average salesperson, right? They're they're a hunter. They're a you know type person who yeah, that's probably the, the going job to be tends a, to attract right. just the the day to day job duties tend to attract and the type of person that is motivated by money. And whether it's the the role training or lack thereof that has promoted right. that type of person to be successful in the car business or whether it's that that is the actual type of a successful car person. Yeah, what what a great point. I think what you're saying is, you know, we've kind of the industry as a whole has kind of said, there's your desk, there's the lot. Right. 
you know, go get a deal. It, it has typically been in the past those type of a red personalities right. that that survive hunters. Yeah, you know the type who are like yeah, so, just self motivated and right, and who are going to charge forward. And if you if I do it wrong, you'll let me know. And yeah, right. I'm just going to go for it. And you yeah, and aren't offended when somebody goes, well, you screwed that up. Oh, well, I would say that's a mild way. Right, that yeah. <laughs> correct. What the hell were you thinking? Right. F bomb and you piece of that, you know? Oh, okay. Gee, so, <laughs> so, so, right. so don't do that anymore. No, note to self: don't do it that way. <laughs> Got it. All right. Now, are we done here? Because I, I want to go catch another up. So yeah, uh, and you know, I mean, we've we've gone back and forth on the. Could other types of people be successful in the car business, especially in the new car business? Man, and I've seen it happen. I've seen dealers. I mean, you know, let's talk about, I wasn't in the business in the 80s, but I was in the business in the late 90s, early 2000s Mm -hmm. with people that were in the business in the 80s. They grew up in the 80s. Right. I've heard those stories. And yeah, it was kind of like, you know, that movie Used Cars. It was... What's yeah, the saying? Yeah. Like you eat what you kill. Right. Right. Eat what you kill. So yeah, you you're either you either get the job done or or you don't work there anymore. Right, right. So but I have seen dealerships adopt this new, you know, culture, this new training regimen, this new kind of I mean, really what it comes back to is an, a new interaction with the clients. Yeah. You know, it's almost like they kind of took a chance and said, we think that if we approach our business in a different way, that our customers will appreciate it and we will gain more market share. Yeah. You know, it wasn't out of an altruistic. No. You know, oh, I just want everybody to feel loved. Friendly or nicer. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> I just want everyone who works for me to feel like I love them. No, it wasn't that. Right. It was, I think I'll sell more cars yeah. if I do business. Or I'm noticing that those dealerships that are starting to best me yeah. or compete with me who weren't a competition you know, years ago are adopting that right. viewpoint, right? I'm starting to lose a percentage of my market share to these people who are pr- at least promoting this other way of doing it, so I better get on board. I know of a of a dealer who uh, he said, you know, he he had a Ford dealership, and uh, he said, man, back in the day, you know, talking about the '80s, he's like everybody. They Ford had this big, you know, sale on on trucks. It was you know during like Truck Month or whatever, and he said. Whoever won, whoever got the most sales of trucks for that month in our region got this big trip. And he's like, I was going to get that trip. He was like, I was not going to take not getting that trip for whatever reason. That was just a huge motivator for him. So everybody had their prices, trucks priced at this super low price. Let's say, you know, 14,000, right? I mean, this again, back in the 80s. He said, so he priced his at 13,000, but he took all the beds off of them. Okay. And, and so he priced them thirteen thousand. He said, "Yeah, thirteen thousand, brand new F one fifty, right? Thirteen thousand, but the bed is a thousand. <laughs> so he was at fourteen two, but he, you know, he got all these people to come in because he's like, oh yeah, thirteen thousand. Well, let's pull it up for you. Oh yeah, so now do you want a bed or not? You want the bed, right? Okay, that's another thousand. <laughs> I love right? it. Now I, I absolutely love I don't, it. You couldn't get away with that today. No, right? but I there, love you, it. I mean, you know, they're so regiment to the, you know, the window sticker and and you know what yeah. it's stocked with and everything else. But 
you know, I mean, that was the mentality, right? I mean, I'm going to do whatever I have to do in order to be able to, you know, justify some lower price. And he won. (laughs) You know what I like about that story, Bray, though, is he he didn't gouge the customer, Mm -hmm. right? He sold his trucks, equipped the same for the same price. Right. He just marketed the idea differently. Right. That's what I think we're lacking in a lot of dealerships and a lot of GMs across the country is we've kind of, I don't know, just as a business, we're like, just, you know, be totally up front and, you know, give everything away. And, you know, I mean, I'm not making my point very succinctly. You know, obviously I am a Cardone information-based selling guy. Flood them with information. Yeah. But we've kind of lost the art of that. Right. You know, now it's all... You know, Saturn tried that, right? Yeah. Didn't they do the no negotiation? Yeah. The price is the price. Right. Hell, they're out of business. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Right. So obviously, the people saying that's what the consumer want or wanted is not true. Well, at that point, but yeah, I, I mean, I that think was the '90s. So. I, I've I've talked to a number of people here recently who have been in the in the market. Talked to a guy just a couple days ago, called me up. He goes, you know, he and his wife were leaving the dealership and they were all upset because they went in on a pre-owned, right? And it was, I think they, they had it listed for, I don't know, you know, eighteen five, let's say. And I think, you know, tax, tax title, you know, everything out the door, it ended up being like 21. So he offered them nineteen eight, and they said... Absolutely not. We're not. Um, he, the salesman told him, "I'm not even going to take that to my manager." I yeah, like. I right. like that line. Right. He said, "I'm not. I'm not." He said, "We market-based price our vehicles, and you know, we put our absolute best price on them, and you know, we've already got them at the very lowest that we possibly go." He said, "I've seen my manager turn yeah. down even a hundred dollars less." Can I, can I pause you right there yeah. and say that that I don't know how the story is going to go. It may end up that it didn't work out for that salesman, but that is lacking in our business right now. Is the salesman kind of taking ownership of of the product right. and saying, "No, you're wrong." You know, like this. Well, you know, it, it's this is worth more than that, right? But so, anyway, you know, so go ahead. And they, so we we price these vehicles according to the market, and you know, it market may change and then we'll that will reflect in the price but as of today this is what the market bears and reinforcing that it's a fair price and yeah well it it upset the couple okay (laughs) tremendously they walked okay they did not buy and they said we were not going back there millennial okay right i mean absolute you know uh quintessential you know he he is the expert on millennials as one um but uh yeah it was just like because they felt like what the guy was saying just didn't make sense. You know, okay. you're not even willing to, you know, entertain anything other than exactly what you've priced this at. Right. And again, it's that the, the car business has created yeah. the customer thinking that, well, if you've got it listed for this, I'll go offer this. And the average customer right. doesn't know right. how much, Profit you have in a, okay. a vehicle, so, so it didn't work out for that guy. Maybe it did he, not work. Maybe out he for needs guy. to adjust his delivery. Right. You know, I mean, I wasn't there. Right. I haven't seen the videotape. No. But and but, but you know, we they didn't like his absolute regiment. We don't flex. We don't buckle. My manager turns down even a hundred dollars less 
okay. than than the offered price. And, and maybe know. that's what the dealership is going for. You know, maybe they're saying again, maybe they're trying this Saturn model where right. you know, hey, you know, we may have a few rough six months, but yeah, and we talked about, but, but eventually the clients will learn that you know our price is the best, and we are not negotiating. Right. Well, they're, it's probably they're, not going to work out. Right. I mean, you know, because unless the entire Right. Marketplace goes to that. Right. Right. And well, hell, an entire manufacturer tried that. It didn't work. Right. You know, because there's always going to be the guy down the street who's going to go, "Hey, man, you come make me an offer." You know, normally I wouldn't do this, but I'll tell you what. In your case, or yeah, accept all offers. Right. Come make me an offer. Right. I mean, don't you shut the guy down in his tracks and go absolutely not we can't consider it i mean i i would think what i would encourage is at least accept the offer let me go let me go see and come back and go listen yeah see i i kind of disagree on that i think we've lost the art of the sale right in the in the word salesman right you know now it's like vehicle presentation expert you know i mean there there's there is less and less quote unquote selling being done by a quote salesperson yeah you know but it, it, it's it's more product presentation instead of well, see, closing I, a deal i think it's the exact opposite yes, i think in saying i'm not i won't even accept anything but either you accept what we have it priced at or i appreciate your time and we can't do business together i'm not saying that okay so that that's what occurred in this because, example. I mean, that's what sparked your retort was me saying that a one price shop is never going to work. Right. But what I'm saying is we are too quick to say, yeah, that's the sticker, but what do you want to pay? Right. You know, we, we give no, what we, I think we agree on this. Yeah. We're just saying it from different angles is the art of building value in the product has been lost. Right. You know, and supporting the price that we're asking. Right. Do, do you agree with that? Yes. I, I think had had the salesman done a better job of selling the value early on, yeah. it, it would have been less offensive when he said, absolutely not. I, I can't even take to my manager anything less than actual ask. See, see I think that's how... I had a little personal experience with this, and I, I, I don't know how it is done in a, the marine industry across the country, but I had some experience with a marine provider, right? And their attitude, and it's they seem to be, they seem to have the attitude of this is how it's done everywhere. Okay. But the attitude was, I've got this boat. I got seven people that want it, right. and that's the price. Right. So, you know, that's the price. Yeah. Matter of fact, if you want to pay more, I'll take your offer now, but I'm damn sure not going to accept the price. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and, 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 and the customer was like, what? You're not going to yeah. negotiate? Okay, fine. See ya. Yeah. But they're like, okay, you idiot. See you later. I'll see you when you come back and realize that's how it's done everywhere. Right. I mean, and... Well, and it's, they're still in business. Yeah, so. and and I think it's it's industry related. You know, it's a luxury, not a necessity, right? I mean, a a boat is something that. Do you need a boat? Does anybody really need a boat? No, they they want a boat. They'd like a boat. 
But they don't need a boat. They need a vehicle. Well, hell, give me a boat dealership. I'll, well, uh, man, I'll, I, I'll negotiate all day. I I'll, remember, I'll, I'll actually sell them instead of just going, you know, having a fruit stand. Here, I got peaches for $5 a bushel. Do you want one or not? I Well, I remember in the, I guess it was in the 90s when, uh, maybe even been a little earlier than that, but that uh, the Harley-Davidson dealerships, right? And I knew a guy who worked at a Harley-Davidson dealership. And it was like, you know, people would come in and they go, okay, you know, I like that one. I, I see, see the sticker. Got, I see the sticker on it. And, uh, you know, here's what I'll offer. And the salesperson would say, you can't buy that one. You won't be able to get, if you want that one, I'll get it ordered for you. And it'll be here in five months and you got to pay for the whole thing right now. And it's sticker. Because we have a backlog of people. That one's gone. That one's sold. Right, they just come in and we show them until the person comes to pick them up until so the next group comes in. Them. He was like, "Yeah, we." They were selling them okay. much faster than the manufacturer than Harley Davidson was producing them. Okay. So there was, I mean, absolute zero negotiation. But to be able to say, not only can I not work a deal on that one, that's not even the one we're talking about. We're talking about one that you that will be here in five months if you want to get on the list. And the only way you get on the list is you pay for it right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was literally how I was like, holy cow, maybe <laughs> nice. I need to go to work for Harley Davidson dealership, you know, because if you wanted one, that's how it worked, right? I mean, it, it was just supply and demand, and maybe it's that boat dealerships are using that scarcity. It's like when uh, Chevrolet came out with the um, smaller trucks. They came the back S10? out with the Colorado and the, uh, the Canyon, Okay, right? GMC Canyon right. and the Chevy Colorado. Yeah. And for whatever reason, the manufacturing, they had a problem in the manufacturing, so they so didn't they release when they were supposed to release. And once they got the situation fixed, the desire for them was way higher than their ability to produce them. And they were literally selling them as they were backing them off of the <laughs> off of the car carrier, yeah. right? I mean, they were just they were going like crazy, and they were getting but full it, sticker form let, let because of you, scarcity. Yeah, let me tell you, as a salesman, I love that scarcity thing. Just I remember, <clears throat> you know, you got a customer, you're working a deal, you're looking at these trucks or whatever. Well, then the the tractor trailer pulls up, you know, the the car hauler. And they're unloading, and you're like, oh, we just, well, that's probably the one that's coming in. Let's right. go back there and look. Yeah. And, and and I'm like, man, I don't, I mean, if you want this one, you better jump on it now, because it'll be gone. Like, right. we've already got people wanting, you know, asking us when it's going to be yeah. here. Yeah. I can try to slip it through. <laughs> We're not even supposed to sell it now. It's got to right. go through conditioning. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, if you want it, I'll put your name on it. Well, I think it's all about creating scarcity and uniqueness of opportunity, right, right? Right. I mean, again, whether we're talking Harleys, boats, selling the product, you know, selling the bonus unit, the spiff unit, whatever, the aged yeah. unit, it's all about creating exclusivity and uniqueness of opportunity. Right. It's just one more opportunity for value, right? Absolutely. It's just what, how much greater value does this have that... You know, well, I think that's what is missing is it's, it's, I mean, I don't mean to make it sound negative, but the only words I can think of is this whole, you know, feel good work experience. I mean, you know, it might help, right? We're about the same age. We were, we grew up in an era where it was like, 
you know, do your damn job and I'll pay you for doing the job. Right. You know, it's a trade. Right. I mean, that's still how business works today between an employee-employer relationship. Yeah. Is I'm either paying you for a level of production or I'm paying you for minutes of your time. Yeah. Or hours of your time. Well, and I've said in places that I've worked, I've said, you know, I, I like it here. I like working here. Yeah. Right? But, and I like the people. Yeah. But the last day they pay me is the last day I'm showing up. <laughs> right, right? right. I mean, no offense. Nothing against anybody. Is that I don't like you. Right? I mean, you guys are, you know, good people. I, you know, I appreciate that we get along. You know, it's not a requirement that I get along with you. But it's a, it's a bonus. It's a, I'm, I'm glad this is an environment that yeah. I enjoy coming to. Yeah. But I promise you, the, the, the day they tell me, all right, this is the last day we're paying you for, that'll be the last day I'm in that place. <laughs> That's just the way it is. Right? I mean, and, and, it's, and it's not. That doesn't make you a jerk. Right. It, it's the agreement that the employer right. wants to be in as well. Right. I would have never started coming to this place had they not agreed to say, hey, once you start coming here, we're going to be providing you with income. Right. Great. Uh, when do I start? I'll be there today. I love that. I but, love that. Yeah. Well, so, hey, back to the exclusivity thing. Just one thing I noticed on Facebook like yesterday afternoon was a good friend of mine, Casey Pendleton, works at Dayton Ford in Dayton, Tennessee. He posted um, a video or pictures of the new Bronco. And he said, hey, just want to let, I think it was a video because he was talking. He said, just want to let our customers know that, you know, the new Bronco is starting to arrive at dealerships. Right. He said, typically, when a new car comes out, he mentioned the Cobra Mustang. Uh, he didn't mention the GT40, but I remember this was big with that. Um, he, he said most dealers with a new product are going to mark it up, you know, because there's only a select number that are going to show up. Right. He said right now you can buy this vehicle for sticker price, you know, no no markup at all. Hey. So. Making people feel like they're getting an advantage by only paying sticker. I had like 20 shares. There's people commenting, like tagging other people. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many of the guys getting, but But, if you're out there listening and you want a new Bronco, reach out to Casey Pendleton at Dayton Ford. And he'll only charge you sticker. But, I mean, okay, we're talking about how crazy that is. Right. But I mean, it's true. And I know I can't argue the, with the guy's logic. No, absolutely. And I know uh, you know some of the must or not Mustangs, some of the uh, Corvettes, yeah, right, that have come out. That you know they're very short supply of you know certain you know the very high end models of the Corvettes or the or the um, uh, the Viper. Yeah, the Viper on oh, average yeah. sold for fifteen thousand over sticker. On yeah. average, yeah, right. Some sold for more than that. So, <laughs> right, right. yeah. So it, it certainly, you know, if you wanted a, a red one with this, you know, specific package, there were only a couple of them in the country. Yeah, you're paying a premium right. for sure because somebody's going to buy it. <laughs> you know, a Viper enthusiast. The same thing with the those high end Corvettes. But see, okay, here's where I get into the belief, the internal dialogue of the salesperson. Right, is you get something like that in where the whole dealership, you know, from the dealer on down is talking about, you know, oh, well, hey, uh, I heard the, the tractor trailer's out back with the new Viper. Right. Man, I've got to go see it. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden he goes and then two people follow him and now you got five people going out there to look at the new Viper. Yeah. Oh, wow, man, this thing's so cool. And, and they, you know, know some specs on it. They know how exclusive it is. Well, why can you not 
act as if that 2009 Chevy Colorado isn't just as exclusive. Right. It all comes down to the internal dialogue of the salesman. Right. And 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 how you're presenting it to the customer. Yeah. Because I guarantee you, just like we talk about business consulting and finding you know, those 10 reasons that we've done podcasts on. Why buy from this dealership? Right. Why buy from this salesperson? You know, all of those right. things. Why buy this product? Yeah, you, you can create that same Absolutely. dialogue about any particular specific vehicle on the lot. Right, because there's not a vehicle that we're keeping on the lot that isn't something that we can tout as... Being unique. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm surprised this one's still here. Absolutely. Right? The price we have on it, how nice it is, and the features it has, and only 180,000 miles. I mean, you know, I it's just, I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> I love but, it. Yeah, that, that's the, that's but then, the, I mean, the craft of it. Whether you're selling sales. refrigerators or phones or landscaping or, or vehicles, right? you have to create... A, and exclusivity about the product, right. you know, that you're lucky to be in this situation to be able to buy this product. Right. And a time crunch, you know, it has to be, this is a rare opportunity right. to, to get this unique product right now at this time. Yeah. If well, you're not doing that, bro, then it's just like, you know what? We've got a few out there. If you want to come look at them, you can. Yeah. I mean, anytime you're ready, don't rush. Yeah. We'll get more <laughs> after that one. I don't know. What the hell? That ain't sales, bro. Yeah. That's product presentation. Right. And it's and you have to believe that everything you're selling is a unique opportunity, right? I mean, it really comes down to... You know, if you're excited about it and you truly believe in in the products, you know, oh, I love the new, you know, whatever it is, uh, and and get behind the the opportunity to sell, then yeah, because it's you know some people go, oh well, you you know, you're you're lying. No, it's not lying, right? There is something of value in every product we sell, Amen. right? And all we're doing is highlighting that value. Right, and it is true that that product is going to sell to somebody. Right, you know it's funny. Some people look at people this way. You know, I mean, there are people in the world that that categorize other people, and they're like, "Oh, that guy's a loser because of this. Oh, this guy's a great person because of this," and they categorize people based on their interpretation about how that person is. Well, there are other people in the world. We call those people judgmental, right. but there are other people in the world that say, you know what? Every human life has value. You know, sure, this guy. <laughs> do you need to get that right? I, 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 again, five more minutes, we'll be done with this no, podcast. No idea episode. what you're talking about. Please continue. Jeez. I'm sorry that you stopped. It's talking. not distracting to me. It's distracting that you look down at it and start fiddling with your phone, and I'm like, hey, uh, <laughs> squirrel, are you are you with me here? <laughs> That, that did not occur. So you're bored by my point, but I guarantee you, you'll be enthusiastic you, when you hear it. Those feelings and thoughts you're inferring on me are, I have to say, inaccurate, but please continue. Let me tell you, what you were saying is there is a uniqueness about every vehicle out there. Amen. But I think salespeople don't believe that wholeheartedly. What I'm trying to relate to that is, how do you feel about your fellow human beings? Right. Does every human life have value? 
You know, even a guy that's robbing a store for $20, he's still a human being. Right. You know, and the guy that's donating millions of dollars to cancer research, mm-hmm. okay, is he any better of a person? I don't know. That's subjective. But maybe, the, but, maybe not. Right. But, yeah. but they are unique and valuable in their own way. Okay. Same way about vehicles, bro. Right. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that I the, would. Have, the, the I don't two, know that I would have used that analogy. The two thousand two, with two hundred thirty thousand miles, with the ripped up cloth seats, has a unique value to someone. Absolutely. In the same way that the brand new Yukon Denali does. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I agree with that. Okay. I don't know about You don't agree with the other. You don't agree with human life having value. I know, I do. But you agree with vehicles having value. I do. I just think that there's a a larger... There's a... Discussion? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a living soul, right? (laughs) A human, you know... But, but you know, so I, 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 I get a little, you know, kind of... I lose it in the the comparison of you know a vehicle, which is ultimately is just a thing, right? It has a purpose. It's a thing. We replace them, right? Touché. We we trash them. We don't. We take care of whatever. Yeah. So I, I get I get your point though. I get your I get, point. And that's the main thing is that whether we're and, comparing and apples, you're, you're or so oranges. passionate about it that you thought of something else that. You're very passionate no, about no, of the value no, of people. You're, no, you're missing it. Okay. All I'm saying is that the way you look at the at, at the value of something right. depends on what the thing is. Okay. But if you will look at your vehicle if your inventory as okay, it has value. Right. It's it may be unique. Yeah. But it has value. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay. okay. I don't care if we're talking about tricycles or scotches or human souls well, or yeah, used vehicles. Right. Yeah, I don't want to, you know, I, I think the, it's a deeper conversation <laughs> when we start talking about, you know, the value of people. Okay. I agree wholeheartedly all people have value. Okay. All people. Okay. Um, and, but I just think that they, now what about we're getting pets? into. You know, some people attribute these kind of statements to their pets. I'd feel a little more comfortable with that. Because <laughs> it's a living thing? No, I'd feel a little more what comfortable about, about attributing a pet to a car. Oh, oh but I'd not feel a, a little more, not totally comfortable because, I mean, they are a living thing and. You know they they certainly you know, feel are, uh, and and you know deserve the best care and everything else. But um, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to go so far as we can, we can stop here. I think we have we 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 have, we have uh, fully encompassed this idea. We have, and uh, I love it. I'm I'm so glad we went here. Yeah. And you know, Ray, I'm so glad that you've joined me today to record another episode of uh, Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. That that's uh, getting to be a regular thing with you. I like it. What's that? I'm so glad you joined me for this episode. It's just very nice. It's very uh, feels <laughs> well, good. You know, it, you, know, it, you know, seems heartfelt. It very much is. Yeah, I believe it, and and I appreciate that you've joined me. I mean, that's <laughs> I really do. It's, this is good. All right, John. mutual appreciate. Right. See, this is ways to motivate uh, salespeople as well. Right. Hey, why don't you thank 
your sales team for coming in today. <laughs> Damn well better come in today. Uh, if you don't come in today, might as well not come back uh, ever. Hey, let me give a plug to Lukenbach, Texas, Ray. You know, we put out a promo video on we Facebook did. today. Oh, yeah. And I was proudly in my Lukenbach, Texas t-shirt. You were. That I got, which, you know, you asked, did I get it at the Austin airport? Right. No. No. It came from, literally, me in the Lukenbach post office. Right. That also apparently has concerts and sells hot dogs. Man, and there was a couple of chickens running around. Right. Like, everybody you passed had a guitar. And it was a population of three it, in Lukenbach, it, Texas. It used to be four. And uh, that guy died. Apparently it was the... So the song came about because there was a farm with a creek running through it. And like Willie, I don't know, somehow, Willie and Whaley is kind of like a little commune, you know, very exclusive, not many people knew about, just kind of a hippie place to go camp. And this owner of the property was kind of cool with just people coming out and camping and playing music. And I'm sure, you know, they had a little smoke there. Whatever, yeah. But they had a good time. Well, so yeah, this guy owned, you know, however many acres and they would just go camp there. Well... It was, like I said, I don't have the exact numbers, but I think it was like population four. Right. Until that proprietor, you know, the originator, the property owner, he passed away, and mm -hmm. now the population is three. It's three. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But, yeah, they got a little post office, a little stage. You could buy a hot dog and a beer. Or mail a letter. Yeah, and mail a letter. <laughs> uh, I think I got a couple of postcards pick, from there. Pick up your package if you I, have man, I bought so much. I've spent $150 in that little post office. In the post office. Yeah. And didn't buy a single stamp. No, no, I don't A couple believe of postcards. So. Yeah. All but, right. Yeah, I have so many trinkets. But yeah, it was a cool little place. Yeah, and, uh, so yeah, we have our promo video on our Facebook uh, page. Yes. And uh, John also. We were, the reason that we shot that is because we're asking for show topics we are uh please you know we this topic today we we i started this because it was going to be a little current event segment right and now we've talked about it for 35 well, no, minutes I, I had my topic was which we really didn't fully get, engage in yeah is the go into some detail on the one price model oh on dealerships well, that you, you uh that are adopting this non-negotiation, one price, Man. and the the pros and cons of that. Well, you effectively worked that in without. I, mean, I didn't no, you know. you. I think you got there before really? I ever had a chance. Yeah, but that was my. That's just uh, how the world works. That was my plan. It's that's the secret. Yeah, absolutely. Law of attraction. There we go. All right. Well, thank everyone for joining us, and we hope you'll listen again. Yes. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, you can go to SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com where you can listen to additional episodes, read articles, and learn more about John and Ray. We also cover topics such as automotive sales and service, best practices, training, and techniques that you can put in place today to sell more vehicles and write more ROs. Or gain more dollars per RO. To register for a total dealership assessment, you can visit the website for more information or simply send an email to info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. 
What's that email address again? It's info ray at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. It's info ray at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. No, Ray, it's just info at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. So just info at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. You've got it. Great.